BlackMotorcross.com podcast show. Proudly sponsored by BTOsports.com with Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com Direct Motocross Podcast Show. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line is, is a good friend of mine, and I'm staring at his jersey on my wall in my man cave, signed to me years ago, and uh, he's now in the recovery, and it's a damn shame that, once again, Kyle Beaton, leading edge Kawasaki's Kyle Beaton, uh, hurt again, beats. Uh, this one was bad, huh? Yeah, yeah I... Uh... I definitely did a good one this time, that's for sure. It's going to be, a, I think, a long road ahead yeah. to, to getting back to healthy. So, um, Three weeks in the Moncton Hospital? It seemed about three weeks? Yeah, it was a day short of three weeks, and oh. uh, it seemed like an eternity, that's for sure. What'd you do? Tell tell the listeners uh, what exactly you did to your leg slash ankle slash foot slash ego. Well, yeah, I ended up breaking my my leg right above the ankle so it was kind of good that it wasn't my ankle because i won't uh lose like full mobility or anything like that like mobility will be pretty easy to get back um but yeah just above the ankle uh i shattered the smaller bone i uh, don't know which one that bone's called it's like, i know it's tib fib mm-hmm. in your in your leg but i don't know which one's which but yeah, i shattered the the little bone and uh broke the the big one pretty bad too so um, ended up getting uh, a couple surgeries. Uh, the first surgery, I had external fixators, which uh, I had six pins sticking in my leg. And uh, that surgery is kind of a, a scary sight, <laughs> seeing yeah. these things sticking out of my leg. But, uh, yeah, then uh, after like a week, I guess, they I was kind of complaining of like numbness and uh, no feeling in my foot. Mm-hmm. And uh, the doctor had thought that maybe he had pinched a nerve or or something like that. So back in the surgery, I went and they ended up taking the external fixators out and uh, putting putting a couple screws in the big bone and uh, a big plate and six screws in the in the small bone. So, so did, yeah, that's where we stand right now. <laughs> did they did they screw it up? Did they jack it up? No, I don't think they really screwed it up. I think they just precautionary uh, measures. And I mean, the, the reason why. I had fixators at first was because the, of the swelling and I had a lot of trauma to the inside of my, my ankle mm-hmm. uh, from when, where the bone slid down and uh, it caught, it did come through the skin, but uh, oh, I think it caused a lot of trauma and it caused it to blister. So I had a whole bunch of blisters from the swelling and, and trauma and uh, that blistering is a high case of like infection. Uh-huh. So they couldn't slice me open to fix the big bone the way they wanted to right away because they didn't want the bone to get infected. So oh. that's kind of why they, we went that way. And then, but after a week, it had kind of gone down, and they were able to just put two screws in the big bone. Jeez, um, yeah. So it's more than just a tib and a fib. There's a bone, other bone in there, huh? That's causing issues and problems. Yeah, I mean, it's just a tib fib that that is the major problem. Oh, okay. Um, there's no other bones that are broken, but it's just like the, the trauma. Oh, okay. The skin that has kind of thing right now because we don't want it to get infected. And uh, I mean, it, it's I got a lot of open wounds on my on my ankle, and I have to get uh, changed like every second day all the dressings and stuff on it. Yeah, it is just the the tib and fib that's broken as far as bones, but just the uh, there's a lot of trauma to my to my leg where uh-huh. it almost came through the skin, I guess yep. you could say. And, uh, it caused it to blister and, and, uh, and that blistering is a high case of infection. Uh-huh. So that's why they went with like the outer fixators. Oh, okay. Um, and, but then after a week, I guess all the trauma had kind of gone down a bit and the, the blisters had, had gone down and mm-hmm. that skin kind of turned to dead skin, all the blisters and that, and they're able to go, and, and and do what they wanted to do at the beginning, which was just put a couple couple big screws in my in the big bones. So 
Um, as of right now, it's just the the biggest pain right now is just the the open wounds on my on my leg and inside my ankle uh, from from the blistering. So I have to get home care to come every second day to get the dressings changed and oh. make sure it's not infected and stuff like that. So it's kind of a a fairly big hassle right now. I mean, if it was just the bones, I, I would probably be doing a lot better, but. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's the wounds that are kind of the pain in the in the butt right now. <laughs> Man, uh, yeah. So what's you're on crutches, I guess. Um, yeah, on crutches. What uh, what's uh, the what's the recovery time? Like, when can you be walking? When can you be riding? Um. Well, the uh, the the orthopedic surgeon told me the day before I left that I probably had another two months to go. Um, which was a week ago now that I would be able to start putting pressure on it. Oh, never mind, right? So, just putting pressure on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, starting to walk a bit with like an air boot or something. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, we still got a long ways to go for that. Um, I'm going to get a hyperbaric chamber again and <laughs> and yeah. sit in that thing, and hopefully that'll help. Yeah. And uh, just try and do whatever I can to to speed up this process. Do you think those things help? Uh, I know some guys down here use it too, but do you think they help? They get usually yeah. your oxygen, so I guess it's supposed to help your bone heal, right? Yeah, I mean it, it forces a lot more oxygen into your body, right? And it, right. oxygen and nutrients in your bloodstream are are good. Um, I've used it a lot before, and uh, I think it works. Okay. I mean, yeah. there's you know fifty percent of the doctors don't think it works, but fifty percent say, "Hey, it's not going to hurt you, so <laughs> right, might right. as well do it." Um, but yeah. Just do that. Okay, so you, it's going to be yeah two months before you put pressure on it and and uh, and then start riding again, which is uh, yeah a terrible terrible injury, no doubt. How did you do it? You did it at Moncton. Um, ironically enough, one of your best friends and you collided, huh? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they got it all on camera too. It's on on like the Canadian TV show or whatever for uh-huh. the racing yeah. and. Uh, yeah, me and Spenny were, were going at it, I guess, and uh, he had just gotten by me, and uh, I tried to kind of square him up coming out of the corner, and, and the finish line jump, there's like kind of like a step-down triple. Right. And I uh, kind of was just behind him off of it, and I tried to kind of scrub past him and hit a bit of a kicker and caused me to overshoot it, and he kind of landed in a in a hole, and uh, yeah, just overshot it, and everything just kind of gave out, my, my, my arms and my legs, and uh, unfortunately, the the next you come up another rise and turn as you're going off of it, and yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't turn, <laughs> so I clipped the back of him, and you know I yeah, I went I went flying, he went flying. Um, after watching the the video of it, um, he, I'm I'm glad that he got off fairly fairly easy from it because I, I mean at first I thought I had right. you know it killed him, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm glad he was all right, and I mean, it was just a Kind of a shitty deal all around. Uh, and it's so it's right when you come out of the start straight, right? That right hander. Yeah, right, right before. Yeah. yeah, right before you come back on. So. Uh, okay, and instantly, tons of pain. Like, I mean, you're a pretty tough guy. You've hurt yourself a lot, but where was this on the uh, on the holy shit scale of pain? Um, I mean, it it hurt. It wasn't anything crazy, but okay. I definitely knew that it was broken. I'd actually thought that it had popped through the skin. Oh, okay. Um, and I was just screaming at trying to get my boot off right away because um, yeah. I know that you know it's kind of hard to cut a boot off. Right. And the longer I left it, the, the harder it was going to be to get off with swelling and, and stuff like that. So yeah. I actually got uh, Frenchie to to open up the boot as much as he could, and I crammed my hands down there, grabbed my ankle, and just reefed on it. And yeah. fortunately, it it, it kind of slid out fairly easy, so right. it wasn't too bad. Oh, but, uh, yeah. Geez. Did you talk to Spenny about it afterwards? Obviously, you did. And, and I mean, what was his reaction to? I mean, it sounds like you were kind of out of control, huh, Beats? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, just from the over jumping right, of it. I mean, right. I, I, it was definitely my fault. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I take full responsibility for what happened. But I mean, I guess it's just one of those, yeah, those things that you just couldn't control. And I mean, I, I tried to, to save it, but I mean, it was just mm-hmm. such a, such a quick thing that happened that there's really no time for a reaction and unfortunately it it bit me again i i almost finished the series off (laughs) yeah yeah well that's why my next question you know i mean obviously you've been bit by the injury bug and you haven't you haven't you haven't raced the series for a couple years uh getting hurt the first round 
this year. Uh, you you know you made it till I think that was the third last one. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess you're just incredibly upset though and disappointed with the way it ended, even though you went further than the last two years, huh? Yeah, I mean the the it was more emotionally painful than than actually the pain from the break. But <laughs> right, right. I mean it's there's just nothing I can do about it now. Um, I mean I've been thinking a lot about about the future and you know what it kind of holds for me, and I don't know. I th- I think it's going to be probably about six months before I can start riding again. If I if I do choose to to ride again, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll I will. Um, but maybe just not serious. Maybe take a a year year or two off and kind of let the body body oh. mend and and yeah. uh, you know. I heard get healthy again. I heard you were telling people that this was it, and I just chalked that up to you know hospital talk right after the incident, right after the injury. But here we are, you know, a month, month and a bit after the injury, um, and you're still thinking about that. You're still thinking about maybe not racing next year. Yeah, I mean it's it's just been you know it's been four years in a row of mm-hmm. of what the, the bug has been, and uh, I just feel that for the amount of effort that that I have been putting into it over the last three years, for sure, that it's just you know the outcomes have been been horrible, and uh, I mean I just can't keep living off of off of credits from the bank and and stuff like that. You know, I, I'm in a lot of debt right now just from, you know, not being able to work or continue riding to make money. And right. I think, I think I need to, I think, I guess the saying is I just need to grow up someday. So <laughs> that day might be now. And, uh, I don't know, I guess, uh, I mean, I have six months of, of thinking to do and right. I guess we'll find out when I'm yeah. healed and see if the, the itch is still there. I know, I know my mom and dad, they're kind of, steer me to towards maybe maybe not taking it as serious or doing it as a as a full-time job anymore maybe just you know become more of like a weekend warrior <laughs> oh come on no i mean i definitely i don't know yeah it's it's uh it's a it's a crossroads where you're at but uh i think you're too good and still pretty young to to hang it up but uh i do admit yeah if i was you i'd be pretty frustrated too with with what's with what's been going on you gotta sometimes wonder uh who's got it out for you in the in the karma department you know um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever done anything horrible in life. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just keeps something, – something doesn't like me, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no doubt about it. Well, what about your season up until that point? Talk about your year a little bit. Um, you know, again, you missed two years, so it's not exactly – it wasn't coming back to you where you were winning again. But um, uh, you were riding all right, I thought. So talk about your season up until then. Yeah, I mean, I, I put the most – amount of effort that I ever have in for this year. I mean, I moved down to California in November, I think it was. Started training and getting ready and for Supercross. And, you know, Supercross started off pretty slow, but uh, I was happy with how things were progressing. And, you know, coming off the, the couch pretty much after two years was yeah. things were going really good. And I had gained a, a lot of confidence racing Supercross, especially at the last two that I did. Uh-huh. And uh, outdoor training was going really well. Um, I felt like I was in really good shape, um, but you know, coming to the first round, it was a mud bath. So I mean, it it didn't really, you know, tell me exactly where I was. I mean, I did good, but coming into Kamloops was basically the first round, and you know, I think in the back of my mind there that it kind of ruined how I thought I could do for the series. Just you know, being hurt there twice in a row, and yep. and uh, just trying to get back into that race pace. It's changed a lot over the last couple of years <laughs> or since the last time I raced. So right. I think I was uh, maybe a little bit overconfident coming into the series and, mm-hmm. and when it didn't go my way that it, it really hurt. And, uh, you know, I was doing whatever it took to, to get back up there. And I think it was starting to come around towards the end of the series. I was starting to, to feel better on the bike, um, feeling better with my riding. Mm-hmm. Maybe even if I wasn't, you know, up on the podium, I was feeling better about yeah. how I was riding, and uh, right. Right. you know, we we're making steps forwards, and I guess that maybe skipped a step, and it, <laughs> it bit me. <laughs> skipped a step, yeah, because there's more than just results. You know, you've been doing this long enough where you know in your heart how you're riding, what what it's going, and what you need to work on, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, after you know the next, probably after from Kamloops till till Gopher, 
you know, those, those rounds all in there were, were absolute horrible. You know, I, I wasn't riding like I, I thought I could or knew I could and things just weren't going my way. I wasn't getting the, the starts that I right. usually got. And, uh, you know, I was kind of in a slump, but, uh, was still working really hard to try and get over it. I have had a lot of people in my corner that were trying to help and, and get my, get my riding back up to, to where it should be. But, you know, come St. Julie, I believe was, you know, where, where it really turned around my riding and, I felt good and was coming. I mean, I got horrible starts there, but I was able to come through the pack. Like, I think on the first lap of both those motos, I was like 28th or something. Uh-huh. I was able to work my way up, you know, around the top five. So, right. So that was good. Uh, yeah. And hey, um, also, your team, Leading Edge Cows Hockey Team, what a year, right? Matt yeah, Kirkie I mean, and they, Teddy Mayer. I mean, they just killed they came, it. Yeah, they killed it this year. I mean, the whole team and, Everyone involved put put so much hard work in this this preseason with testing and mm-hmm. and making sure everything was dialed in perfectly. I mean, we really didn't have any any issues other than I think my my bike at uh, Edmonton uh, in practice. But I mean, other than that, the the bikes were flawless. Everything went great. Suspension was dialed. Well, uh, I mean, Tyler Villapoto had a few issues. Come on, come on. Oh yeah, yeah, Tyler did, but that's that's Tyler, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He was riding it pretty pretty hard, but um, did it put some pressure on you to the to to see the team and and you know you guys are winning both classes and, and were you like oh shit I got I gotta get going? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it it probably did. I didn't really think about it that much right. in that way, but I'm sure it did. Um, you definitely always want to be top dog on the team, right? Yeah, so, for sure. No, I mean. I mean that's, it, that's, Generally speaking, you've been the number one guy on, on your teams, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, it was it was a little hard to take, but, I mean, my, my biggest focus this year was just to get through the whole year and right. then, you know, grow from there and, and move on from there and, and just keep building. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it didn't work out that way. What was your best race, do you think? What, what Not even results-wise, just either just in your mind, which was the best race for you all season and why? Um, probably St. Julie, yeah. um, just felt really, really good on the bike and, mm-hmm. you know, didn't have any issues with, with, uh, riding tight or, or anything like that. I just seemed to be one with the bike and could make it do what I, what I wanted to and, and, mm-hmm. and felt strong the whole way through the moto mm-hmm. and, uh, was going forwards. So that was probably the best round, um, for sure. Have you, uh, is your, is your contract up with the team? Have you been in contact with them? Have they said, Hey, we're going to have a spot for you if you want to still race. I mean, is there any of that talk, or is it, is it too early? Um, nah, my contracts are up this year, so uh-huh. um, I haven't really talked to them too much about next year or whatever holds in the future. Um, right. I think they kind of know that I might take a step back, so I think they're no, just... No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> they're just kind of letting the, the healing process go, right. go through and, and probably going to wait to... Until I'm healed to try and figure out what I'm doing, let let me concentrate on on what needs to be done first, and uh, and I'm sure we'll figure something out. Whether it, you know, I'll probably still be involved with them some way or another. You know, either helping out or, or riding or or whatever the case may be. So yeah, you sound you sound uh, you sound depressed, Beats. You sound a little you sound a little yeah. down. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard. It's been right. you know quite a few years in a row, and you know all I, my goal this year was just to stay healthy and you know. It was uh, it was close, but not close enough. <laughs> right, right. I guess that's a good point. Um, what's your thoughts on the series itself? Uh, let's start with 450 class. Uh, Gurky and Canari early on were just on another level. It's really shame that Colton got hurt and Dusty took a long time to get going. Uh, but what are your thoughts on the MX1 class? Yeah, it was it was kind of crazy this year. You know, I think. Uh, I mean, obviously, it was a bummer that Colt got hurt because I think it would have been a bit more exciting up front. But what do you? What do you? If he doesn't, if he doesn't get hurt, does he win? I don't. I think he would have, you know, won some motos and definitely some overalls. But I don't think he would have cleaned up like he, right. you know, he did the year before or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I think Gerke would have given him a good run for his money, and even even Bobby. Bobby came in with. With like an Iron Man this year, you know he yeah. he was a bulldog out there. He just pushed and pushed, and I've never seen him ride so well. Yeah, he was faster and this then, year, huh? Than he had, than he had been before, I think. Like 
And, he, and that just goes, I think he had a great Supercross season, so it just carried on. Yeah, I mean, riding Supercross and, you know, riding with those guys down there, you know, both both him and Matt, Matt did the Supercross series, or, you know, Matt stepped in halfway through or whatever, but... No, it, it was, helped, it was three know. rounds in. Yeah, three rounds in, Matt. Matt started yeah. riding, so... so um, yeah, I mean, they, they definitely had the, the intensity level was up for them, and, mm-hmm. you know, they're in shape. They, they were ready to go. Uh, what, what about Tyler Villapoto? Talk about what you thought about his season and how he was as a teammate and as a guy, and, and uh, what'd you think? Uh, I mean, he, he definitely did good, man. He, he was up there, and uh, I think he was a lot farther up than you know, some of us may have predicted or, or thought. And we thought maybe he'd have more problems as far as or as far as laying on the ground or and stuff like that. But you know, he he held it together pretty good. And you know, when his bike wasn't wasn't blowing up on him, he was he was up front. And uh, he's an awesome kid. Super super fun to hang out with at the track. And you know, he's just always joking around and laughing and having a good time. So yeah, yeah. definitely made the, the atmosphere good underneath the tent. And uh, surprises in the. Um... In the MX1 class, what'd you think? And I thought, I mean, I went to Walton and Edmonton, and I thought the depth was as poor as I remember it being. Um, you know, no Liam O'Farrells, no Mason Phillips, uh, those type of guys. Uh, Keith Hurt, you know, um, I, I I just didn't see it. But um, so maybe there's no surprises for me. But what'd you think? Yeah, I think, yeah, you're definitely right. I think the depth was a little bit weaker. Um, you know, after the first maybe three or four guys, it was it was a ways back. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I think a big surprise this year was Gavin Grasick. You know, he really turned yeah. it up, you know, towards the end of the series and, you know, running up front and battling for yeah. podium positions. So, I mean, that was a big surprise at the end. It's a good point because, if, yeah, there was, no, there was no one who was more improved from the opening round to Walton. No way. Like, he he got a lot better. Yeah, exactly. What about Jay Burke too? I mean, again, the depth wasn't there. Jay's a great guy, but I mean, considering he was, you know, beats, he was a lot like you not too long ago, where he was uh, beat up and out of it. Uh, and look at him, tenth place. I think no, maybe got eighth. Yeah, maybe got eighth. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even, I don't know where he finished, but yeah, yeah I mean, he he was always just kind of there, you know. I mean, yep. he never really. You never really saw the, the huge flashes, flashes of brilliance or anything, mm-hmm. but he was just always there. Yeah, <laughs> he was just there. <laughs> yeah, he was just uh, like he was always, you know, top ten, right? Somewhere around there. MX2 class. Uh, I thought your buddy Spencer Knowles maybe rode more consistent than I'd seen him. Dylan Kalen, um, I thought improved. Uh, he, I think he missed a bunch of much of time last year. And I thought he was pretty good. Uh, what else? What are your thoughts about the MX2 class, the guys you were racing against? Yeah, I mean, Spenny was definitely on the gas this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's always been fast, but I think right. he put it together more this year than he ever has, like you said. Yeah, there's no doubt. He there's no doubt. He, he's got talent and speed, but yeah, he's never put it together, right? Yeah, I mean, even this year, I mean, he did a lot better at putting it together, but he still has got a long ways to go before, mm-hmm. you know, he's challenging for that podium overall and, and you know, being consistent every weekend. You know, he... He'd go a, a second and then like an eighth or something, you know. Right. And uh, he just needs to, you know, keep that, you know, either a two three or, or you know a four four or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he had a lot of big crashes this year. <laughs> I can't believe the kid finished <laughs> off the series, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, really. And huh? uh, and Dylan, Dylan's a good good rider for sure. I think he would have been farther up in points if. You know, he probably had the most bike failures all year. So, right, right. I mean, I think that definitely held him back. And Ingalls was better than I thought too. Yeah, Hopefully. I mean, he, he rode good. He's, he's he's a strong rider, and he's mm-hmm. he just got so much drive, and he just never gives up, and he just keeps going and going and going. And uh, yeah, he definitely uh, came away with. Uh, I think it was third, right? Yeah. Yeah, he got third. He got Jared in the last last moto of the year. Very exciting, Jared Allison. Yeah. Uh, you going to Montreal? Um, I don't know. Don't I haven't know. really figured that out. Maybe. Right. I mean, if my leg feels good enough. and Yeah, go check it out. You know, oh, go so. check it out, hang out. So, Sign autographs or something. Um, yeah. All right, Beats. Well, hey, thanks uh, Thanks for doing the btosports.com uh, direct motocross podcast. Uh, um, I don't know what else to say, but get well, buddy, mentally and physically. Get well. And I know we'll see you at the track next year on the line. <laughs> 
at Nanaimo or wherever it is for the leading edge Kawasaki yeah. team. So yeah, that, thank you. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Um, yeah, man. Well, hey, yeah, we're all pulling for you. You got a lot of fans in the sport. Um, just because of the way you are, you're a real guy, and you've gone through a lot of adversity, and and uh, one of the good guys in Canadian moto. And like I said, man, thanks for doing this, and uh, and heal up, little buddy. Yeah, will do. Thank you. All right, see ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the BTOSports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at BTOSports.com. Welcome to the BTOSports.com direct motocross podcast show. Uh, with me on the line is uh, the second guest of today's show, and that would be none other than Star Racing Yamaha's Cole Thompson. Uh, Cole, what's up, man? Thanks for doing the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Just uh, out here in California and getting uh, ready for the last round at uh, Ellsmore. Yeah, really, huh? Uh, comes up quick, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't believe uh, it's already done. I mean, uh started out uh, like a couple months ago, and it's uh, gone quick. Yeah. Um, now, are you going to be staying in California for a while um, with the team and riding, or what's the plans after for Lake, after Lake Elsinore? Uh, I fly home right after on the Sunday after Elsinore and then uh, go back home and then try to just figure out what the team wants to do and then, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if they want to have me for uh, next year or whether i got to start looking for something else. Um, nothing's really been said yet. And then, uh, you know, just going to go back and uh, hopefully uh, try to do uh, – Maybe Montreal Supercross if I can, if everything works out all right with uh, the teams and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, just try to get ready for that since uh, Nations is uh, kind of done for Team Canada. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you can totally do Montreal if it, either on a on your Honda bike or on the Yamaha 250F. I guess it's up in the air, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's the plan is uh, to either, you know, if I'm with these guys, uh, do it on a Yamaha. And then uh, if not, just uh, get ready on the 450 Honda. Um. And then what about Monster Energy Cup? Still same same deal? Who knows? Um, yeah, kind of just yeah. see how I feel on the Supercross. And then, uh, I mean, I think my contract ends with these guys till October 31st. And then, um, oh, okay. so they um, they obviously want me to try to do Monster Energy Cup, but I just got to see how I feel, you know, whether I'll try a 450 for that or just right. ride a light bike, I don't know. Right. Um, okay, so so one season left. Um Five five races on the Star Yamaha team. Oh, how's it going? What talk about that? Talk it, about the adjustment to it. Yeah, it's good. You know, um, the biggest upset for me was as soon as I got signed, I um went into Washougal with a lot of confidence coming off the 450, and I was riding the 250 really good. And um, first lap had that crash, and from there it feels like everything's just kind of like <laughs> kind of scrambled again, like it was mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year when I was you know on the 450. So. You know, the last two rounds, or last three rounds, I've just been trying to finish, you know, the race and get as much experience as I can. And, I mean, I haven't been riding good at all. Everyone can see it, you know. I mean, I'm basically out there just riding, not racing. And it's a a hard class for sure, and I'd like to be doing better, but I just got to start getting uh, my stuff figured out. And hopefully this weekend I can try to put in two solid rides and, you know, maybe get something set up for next year where I can prove myself a little better. Yeah, it's uh, it's a real shame. You got this support, you got this deal, uh, and then you immediately uh, conk yourself out, knock yourself out right away, and yeah, you, your shoulder. So it's like, man, they haven't seen the best of you, have they? No, no, that's that's the hardest thing for me. You know, it's like the team's so helpful and right. supportive, and it's just um, it's it's been hard. You know, at Southwick, there was the hardest round for sure. It was the first one back, and I'd barely ridden before that, and my shoulder was like yeah. the weakest it's ever felt, and. You know, it's frustrating for me because I really do like the sand, and mm-hmm. I felt like that could have been a good round for me to get going and get the momentum going. And yeah. from there, it seemed like, you know, Unadilla and Steel City were just gnarly. Like, the ruts were just insane, and I wasn't feeling confident enough to, like, throw it in on some of those corners where, like, before, was, right. you know, my body was 100%, where now it's just I've been just trying to get back to where I was before kind of thing. You're like, guys, trust me, I'm better. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, th- I think they understand. I mean, they know right. wh- what it's like having injuries and stuff like that. So they're all, you know, very understanding and very patient. Maybe just because I'm a media dork, but, you know, I'm buddies with Ryan Morris for years now. I was his former mechanic for one race. 
right. and he 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 seems to understand that. He, he's indicated to me that you know it's a real shame you went down at Washougal and 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 that you know they 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 know that you're battling it and they know that uh, all the problems that you're having, but they're happy with the effort. And I think that on top of that, I think they're finding out that you and your brother Kyle are just great people to be around and work with. You know. Yeah, no, no, the team's awesome for that, you know, um, especially having Ryan, he's been the manager since I came on to the team, so, like, for for that was a big thing for me, you know, I, mm-hmm. like, felt comfortable with him, and it, um, he understands what injuries are, you know, like, yeah. I watched you go there, I was sitting, and, I mean, I, I felt like, you know, you know, just first day with the team, or first race day with the team, you know, I yeah. should have maybe try to go out for the second morning, he's just sitting there, he's like, if you're not feeling 100%, don't go out there, and, right. At that time, I made the call. You know, I hit my head, and I knew I'd known I hit my head, but I wasn't saying anything because, you know, (laughs) I mean, I finally got the ride that I've, you know, been chasing all year, and, you know, I didn't want to just throw it away like that. So it was a tough decision, but, you know, he talked me through it, and he said, you know, just come back, and you got eight motos, and prove yourself then, and and, uh, that's what I kind of been trying to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he knows all about the effects of a concussion. There's no doubt, you know, and he was standing right there when, when you crashed, too, so... Um, doubly yeah. on, on that deal. Um, how's it been though, uh, in the class? Like what's the biggest adjustment for you? You know, before you, you got the star ride, uh, man, you were killing it on the 450 as a privateer guy. And, uh, so talk about the adjustments between the classes, Never mind the bikes, Never mind going from a Honda 450 to a Yamaha 250F, but the class itself, um, a little more gnarly, a little more intense, I guess, huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, the pace like on these 250s, I mean, um, I said I wanted to be in the 250 class, and then um, I got out there, and I'm like, wow, these guys, they, they're they going for it. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. obviously, they're a little less experienced, but, mm-hmm. I mean, it's intense. Like, those first three laps is where you make your race, because yeah. I, if, you don't, if you don't make those passes or you don't stay up front and you get pushed to the back, it's, mm-hmm. it's a long race. So finding finding it hard to kind of get going right away with these guys. These guys are just, like, right. you know, Tomac and... Marsh and stuff, they set their best lap right away. And for yeah. me, it doesn't come till like, near the end. So, just been all week, just been working on sprints and basically jumping in the fastest guys mm-hmm. on the track. I just get in behind them and try to been racing them and seeing if I can get my sprint speed a little bit quicker because in the 450, it seems like, you know, first few laps are kind of, I mean, not yeah. as intense, but, yeah. you know, everyone kind of just settled in. It's funny, just going back to what we were saying about the star guys enjoying working with you and your brother. Um, it, it's, it tells you something about the amount of kooks we have when you're just nice and normal and say please and thank you, and the team goes, oh, my God, these guys are so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's funny. You know, like, for me, I've always been, like, I've never had anything, so, like, right. to have this opportunity is just, like, I mean, it amazes me to have someone prep my bike. I'm like, whoa, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. Like, usually it's, you know, my dad and my brother that do it at the, you know, races when I was a private queue, and then right. when I'm at home, I do my whole bike. Like, yeah. it's all up to me to keep it going and stuff like that. So, that was a big adjustment. And, like, a lot of these guys, they grew up since they were on 65s having, you know, mechanics and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And to me, just to have someone take an interest and work on my bikes is awesome. <laughs> so, I'm very appreciative hey, of I'll, everything they've given me. Hey, I'll check in with you in about 10 years when you've made it in American Motocross and you're now could give two craps, <laughs> two craps about your mechanic and the, and the fresh goggles and gear. <laughs> oh yeah, no. That's that's another thing. Even the gear, like I, I um went up to Washougal and I, you know, like I only run like you know maybe seven tear offs or whatever for practice, and I'll put right. up more on for the race. And right. then um they have twenty one tear offs on for practice. <laughs> I'm like, wow. So I think I only used one tear off in both practice sessions. Yeah, and after yeah. every practice session, they just rip all tear offs off. I'm like, what? Yeah, those are expensive. <laughs> It was so confusing. It's like another world. I was just like amazed. Uh, yeah, they just whatever. Scott's John Knowles, your gear guy and goggle guy. He's like, hey, that Thompson kid. He's pretty cool. He doesn't complain. <laughs> he doesn't complain at all. I'm like, yeah, dude. No. we're Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, how we were raised. Hey, well, getting back to uh, the racing though, Matt, I haven't seen you get a start either on the bike. I don't know if it's you, the bike, and maybe I maybe I'm forgetting one or two, but you've not gotten great starts. No, I haven't gone. I haven't gone one good start all season, and right. I honestly think it's mental with me. I, I had the same problem um, two years ago when I was amateur, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden last year I put it all together and I was whole shot and everything. 
Mm-hmm. And I got the bike that can hole shot. Martin hole shot it there last weekend. He did. I mean, Peters has pulled hole shots. Everyone's pulled hole shots on those things except for me. So I just got to get my head clear and just pull it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I've been struggling so bad. It's, it's kind of embarrassing, but yeah, Brad, yeah, we got to get it figured out. Brad there at Star Racing knows what he's doing when it comes to motors. Cosworth's a big part of your program. And, and yeah, you've seen that. Like you said, everybody's pulled a holy uh, about you. Yeah. Well, maybe not Sipes. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not Sipes. But um, how is Sipes? How is, how's your teammates, Ryan Sipes? He's uh, he's straight out of the backwoods, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like Sipes. Um, he's really cool. I mean, I like everyone on the team, but uh, me and Sipes get along really good. He's yeah. uh, really uh, – I, I, I try to learn as much as I can from him. You know, he's been around it for so long. I watched him – I think I was on only maybe just getting on 65s or something like that, and he's doing pro, and – back when my brothers used to race pro so he's mm-hmm. been around for a long time and yeah. he sure knows the sport no ego with the guy either like just super super down to earth nice guy yeah like yeah the guy is just i mean he's just like you you walk up to him and you wouldn't even think he's even you know anybody you know he treats you just like anybody and he talks to everyone you know kind and so he's a cool guy really really like him what have you learned um from this ride from being in this class what have you what do you think you've learned from it? Um, I need to get faster. No. Um, <laughs> well, obviously, I, I can always get faster, but um, yeah. mainly just um, aggressiveness. I, I like you got to like maybe pick yeah. it up. Yeah. That's been my that's been my whole thing. I mean, all through you know my whole career is I I have a different riding style. I mean, it can work. Like you know, you watch a guy like Purcell and he made it work. Right. And it's just um, it's finding that fine line of just being you know, smooth and aggressive and trying to put those both together and making a good rider. Yeah, you don't, when you were top 10 450 class running up front, it didn't look like you were going fast. You're not, you don't look like you're super trying hard, legs off, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like scrubbing like crazy. Yeah. Like you really do have a very econ- uh, economic, economy? No, wait. Economic riding style. Not a lot of, uh, yeah. you know, moving around there. Yeah, no, I'm just very, uh, I just try to keep myself centered on the bike and just kind of mm-hmm. just uh, ride it smooth. I mean, right. growing up, I didn't I didn't have, you know, parts and stuff like that to, you know, <laughs> ride my bikes hard. So right. for me, it's like, um, you know, all, uh, growing up, I've always ridden my, rode my bike soft and, you know, easy. Yeah. And that's even the guys here, they're like, um, I'm not hard on my clutch, but like, um, they change the, theirs, like, you know, pretty yeah. often. And they'll take a brand new clutch out on the bike and, a new one in and it's like it's just like amazes them how like easy i am on the bike right, so. right. well and for then, me it's um go ahead I'm, um what's that i said go ahead for you uh, <laughs> yeah so i mean for me it's just um it's the way you grow up of you know your riding style and mm-hmm. i guess that's it kind of sticks with you all the way through well you 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 started getting more success on the 450 i believe you told me this when you tamed your bike out you went to basically stock motor uh, are very close to stock, just made it easy to ride, and uh, and you started instantly doing better, right? Yeah, I slowed, uh, slowed the bike down and then um, changed uh, my suspension to go a little softer, mm-hmm. and then uh, from there, uh, things just clicked, like, yep. instantly. I mean, at Butts Creek, like I told you, I actually rode my fax bike because yeah. I couldn't ride that. I couldn't ride a fast 450. It was just too much for me. I was getting arm right. pump, and I've never had arm pump in my whole career, so... Things just weren't working on that bike, and I switched over, and I, you know, I think I got like a 14th in the second moto, and I mean, it was a better ride than I had been riding. So mm-hmm. we went into Red Button, just basically changed everything to how my practice bike felt, and then just had a little fresher, obviously. And from there, like Millville and Red Button really clicked for me really good. Yeah, clearly. What have you changed on your 250F uh, from the bike they gave you, which was basically, from what I understand, um, one of those guys' bikes? They just Gave you the setup. Have you done much, or have you kind of left it alone? Um, I've changed. I think the bars. I run my bars a little bit lower, so I did that, and then I did suspension a little bit softer. And from there, I mean, yeah. the bikes are so sick that right. it was pretty easy to get used to them. Fastest 250F you ever ridden? Oh, hands down. I yeah. jumped on their. Um, I guess they called their practice bike, yeah. which would like you know. I guess they consider a lot slower. I jumped on that, <laughs> and I was like, right. this thing blows away anything I've ever ridden. Right. I, I was just amazed. And then I hopped on the race bike at Washu going, I I came off the first practice and I was just like, is this a joke? I couldn't <laughs> even believe that they could make those bikes as fast as they are. Right, right. 
Um, how's the yeah. team been with you uh, commuting back and forth from Ontario and stuff? Like, how's that been? Everybody cool with that? And, and how's it been for you just going home and, and being around familiar settings? Um, it's been good. I got um, my uh, my dad bought me a bike back home so I could ride on that uh, Yamaha. It's just a stock one, but mm-hmm. um, they gave me suspension and my bar set up and all that stuff to go with it. And uh, I've been riding back home, and it's been kind of easier for me because the last three rounds were on the East Coast. So instead of flying back and forth, right. I was just at home, just doing my own, you know my normal program, trying to heal up with my shoulder, and mm-hmm. um, it's been it's been helpful. And then. Uh, I made the decision to fly back out here and ride before else in order to get used to the California tracks and stuff like that. So right, it's right. been good, and they've been uh, understanding with it all, and, you know, they don't mind. Hey, you're, you're uh, obviously, um, you were doing very well on a 450, and, and as we've talked about, injuries have hurt you a bit in the 250 class. The results haven't been there as, as well. I mean, on a 450, you were, you know, crazy good. Any regrets about this deal? Any? I mean, do you think you should have stayed in four fifties? Do you, Do you? I mean, think about the deal now. And obviously, like I said, the injuries have, have kind of, kind of hurt you. But but any regrets about it? Um, no regrets. I mean, I look at it as I got to be in the two fifty class because I mean, right. there's not many four fifty rides out there, and the guys that had the four fifty rides are guys that like you know have earned them. You know, they've they've put their time in on the light spike and stuff like that. So I knew for me. The the best thing I could do is go back to a light spike. Um, obviously, like you say, I ride the 450 better, but yeah. I got to get better on the light spike, you know, to get myself, you know, yeah. onto a team and then kind of work my way up. Because right now I figured, you know, I go onto this team, maybe a 450 or like they, you know, they have or whatever, and yeah. I ride it out till the end of the nationals. And then, I mean, it's more than likely that, I won't get another 450 ride because of all the guys coming back and everything mm-hmm. like that and more guys moving up. So yeah. I figured, you know, why not try to put in an effort in 250, maybe get some going, and then uh, just focus on that bike and that bike only. Right. And also, too, I guess that another decision, you and your family were, were footing all the bills, right? You were full privateer. Yeah. So Yeah, you know, like um, we bought my bikes. We, you know, um, had some help, obviously. Um, but, yeah, like we, we, we bought pretty much everything, and then uh, – had some uh, sponsors and stuff that, uh, you know, obviously gear and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. we paid, you know, the way to get to the track and entries and everything like that. And, yeah. I mean, we <laughs> it was pretty much as privateer as you can get. And, um, you know, my family put in a lot of effort to make it, uh, um, you know, give me the best opportunity I could. And that's uh, right. I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, but and in a way it made the star thing uh, something even more you couldn't turn down. Never mind. The, you know, they're an OEM factory-supported team, and it's a great bike. It's also free to go racing. You're now, you know, yeah. you're not paying anything. <laughs> yeah, right? no, it's, it's very helpful that way. I mean, you know, having travel covered and stuff like that is very, very convenient. And then um, having a bike when you get there done up and ready to go is even better. So, right. no, the Star Ride's been awesome. What's uh, Has there been any moments where you've been in, a, in the 250 class where you've been like uh, – like you can't be, like you run into one of those into one of the leaders and you're just like I can't believe how fast they're going or, or you know one day where maybe you were off and they were on or something has it been any holy crap moments? Um yeah I mean obviously like um in time practice whatever I try to jump out you know right away and mm-hmm. some of those top guys are in front of me and I like they they're it's it's different watching them on TV and then being right behind them I mean those yeah. guys are on it everywhere and that's where I'm trying to get myself. But mm-hmm. like, um, like anything, you know, um, this year I told myself just learn as much as I can. I mean, yep. just take every moment in, take every race in, and just learn from it. And you know, obviously, I like these last two rounds is like those leaders. You know, I are just on another level, and I'm getting killed. But mm-hmm. I come off, and I just got to keep saying to myself, you know, it's better than right. being, you know, another year amateur or whatever. So yeah. No, it's been it's been up and down, I guess you could say. Well, that, it's yeah. Like anything in this sport. That leads me to my next yeah. question. I mean, you got ninth at your first ever Supercross. You DNF. You didn't qualify for a couple. You got hurt. You um you didn't do that well on some 450 nationals. Then you top ten a couple. Now you have a star ride. I mean, it has been an up and down first pro year, huh? I mean, the highlights and the lowlights yeah. have been there for you. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild year. I mean, I started out and. Basically, everyone said it was kind of dumb for me to go 
privateer on a supercross bike, which I know now, racing against the bike, uh, <laughs> yeah, racing right. against like factory bikes, <laughs> it was dumb. Right. But at the time, I thought, you know, I could get a bike that was close to theirs, yeah. which obviously I was wrong. But um, still, though, yeah, a couple of I top guess, tens, you know. I guess it's been, yeah, I mean, it's been one of those years that, you know, you just got to um, make, you got to get through it. And then, I mean, I know in myself and even, you know, my whole family knows that, like anything in the amateur, it took me a long time to figure it out. And then once I did, it, it just all clicked at once. And right. I just got to figure out what I got to do and hopefully it comes quicker than, you know, later. So, <laughs> um, well too, also, uh, you know, it, you had a salaried option to go to Canada, um, with one of the teams up there. It's still better than that, right? The, spending the money as a privateer and then struggling a bit in 250s with injuries and, and the results still better. And I think you still made your mark more so than racing up in Canada. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's down here is where, you know, as much as, you know, Canada is, you know, kind of got a good program going it's yeah. um down here is where you got to be you know it's uh it's it's where the best come to race and mm-hmm. you know if you're not here you're not you know making it kind of thing i guess you could say and um obviously canada like i make you know i plan on doing it i mean eventually maybe sometime like right in the far future but as of right now it's just like when you know i'm only 19 i want to be doing what I want to be doing, you know, yep. when I'm, yep. you know, 26, 27 years old, then I'll take, you know, the salary or whatever to get, you know, keep me racing. But, yep. you, um, you know, my parents, parents okay. had, you know, enough support that I could get to the races. I was going to take that, you know. Mm-hmm. So next year, nothing happens. You don't get a ride. And I believe you will. I think you will. I think you've proven enough. But if nothing happens, uh, you prepared to privateer it again in the U.S.? Um. I really hope to get a ride. Honestly, after <laughs> riding these bikes for so long, right. if I don't get a ride, I'll be um, You're I'll be crushed. pretty bummed. But right. I'll be <laughs> I'll be uh, crushed. But no, um, to be honest with you, after riding these bikes, I'm I would I'd be more tempted to go 450 and supercross. To right. be honest with right. you, yeah. But <laughs> these things, um, hey, these things have just ruined you, right? They just totally <laughs> yeah. Like these bikes have just spoiled me. Now it's like. Even when I go back home and ride my stock 250, it's just like it kills me to ride that thing. Um, so yeah, mainly my focus is to try to be on a team for next year on a 250 lights bike, and if not, I'll probably be doing the 450. Try to do as many as I can, right. like I did this year on the 450. And never mind, you got a real mechanic now instead of the greaseball brother. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, he's um he's back on for this weekend since um. Uh, there's so many riders. I think we got like eight or seven riders this weekend. So oh, do you really? He's going to be, um, yeah, he's going to be washing the bike and changing the filters and stuff like that. So uh, I got his job back. I was just kidding, anyways. <laughs> Hopefully he's not pissed. Um, <laughs> hey, so uh, Motocross Nations for Canada, I know you were looking forward to that, and uh, I thought it was going to be cool to see you go. It's, it didn't end up happening. Talk about that deal a little bit. And I completely understand. Like, I talked to your brother about it, and, and if we can't send an A team or a B team, why go? Is is that sort of, was your mindset there too? Yeah, like, I mean, the team they wanted to send originally, like, I think it was me, Tyler, and I think they are expecting Keith back maybe or yeah. something. Yeah. But, like, I mean, we've only, I mean, there's, there's a lot of riders in Canada, but, like, I mean, top guys that can go over there and right. make a difference and, you know, it's really like three or four guys. So yep. if you don't have them, I mean, why spend all that money and everything like that and put an effort in to not even make the main, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like I, I don't mean any disrespect to any, any riders in Canada or anything, but like, I know even down here, like racing and stuff, it's, you gotta be on it. Like right. you gotta be wide open, you well, know? And I mean, that's how it's going to be over there. There's no doubt in Canada right now you'd be winning. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. And, you know, you're struggling to break top 10 right now. Granted, again, shoulder injury, but still, that's the way it is. It's yeah, deep. yeah. It's deep. Well, I think, like, I mean, even, like, a guy like Kevin, you know, he's a good rider and he's been doing good in Canada. I mean, yeah. for him to come down, I think it would, you know, it probably shocked him a bit because, like, right. you know, you're up there, you're winning, and you're a top guy, and then you come down here and you're, like, 26, I, I don't know where he ended yeah, up, 20, but, like, it was tough 20. for him, you know what I mean? Like, he yeah. didn't come out and, like, he wasn't right on pace with the leaders down here. So, I mean, yeah. that's the difference is you watch it on TV and you think you're the same speed as them, but right. you get out there, it's, it's another thing. And you can't, and, and to the Canadian guy's credit, 
to the Canadian guys' credit, you can't watch TV, go up to Canada, and immediately think that you're going to dominate because you beat Kevin Benoit by 10 places. Like, I was there. I, I was Nick Way. I went with Nick Way to Sandalee in 05, and he got fifth, got his doors blown off. The very next week in Millville, he got fifth at a U.S. National. It's just not the same. Either way. Yeah, there's... That's the thing, yeah, too, is like you say, it's two different worlds. Like, I know, like, even Gerke last year, I know he had injury and stuff like that, but it took him Mm -hmm. all year to really get it figured out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then this year he came in and he, like, obviously smoked it when he was healthy and everything was good. But, um, yeah, like, I think if Tavin had a race up there or, you know, Jeremy and them, they would do better because, you know, they're they're used to the track, they're used to the setup, everything like that. Mm -hmm. And, um... You know, like you say, it's it's two different worlds. So yeah. So uh, yeah. overall, you were in favor of the designations of canning it and and waiting another year. That was uh that was an agree that was something that you were in agreement with, even though well, yeah, I like, mean, even though it cost you a spot to race, you know, at the biggest race all year. Yeah, well, like that's the thing. It's like at the same time, it's like they didn't know what riders they'd have really. You know, because Tyler wasn't going to be back and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then at the same time, I didn't know if I was going to be able to get any kind of race bike over there or anything like that because they wanted me on the 250s instead of the 450s. And they just, it was too much stuff happening and not enough time kind of thing. And I think it was smarter to just wait another year and then have everything ready to go for next year. Here's where I would go into my usual 10-minute rant about the Canadian Disnations management team and stuff, but I'll save you. I'll save you from that. Uh, that would, in my opinion only, you know, I'll just save you from that and move on. Um, you will be probably, I would say, very good chance for the next 10 years, Cole Thompson, you will be riding for the Canadian Motocross Nations team, um, you know, no. if everything goes together. So, yeah, you missed out this year, but don't worry, kid, you have a lot more years coming. I hope so. I hope I uh, can uh, keep uh, making the team or making the cut. Right, right. Well, hey, man, thanks uh, thanks for doing the uh, BTOsports.com direct motocross podcast. Uh, uh, some good answers there, and you know you got you got the weight of the country on your shoulders. Uh, no pressure, though, but people have been following you and, and, and reading your results, and, and, and they're, I think we're, we're all excited to have a, a, you know, a Canadian rider uh, doing great in the U.S. And, uh, yeah, man, good job on everything, and good luck this weekend. Yeah, thank you, and thank everyone uh, for uh, supporting me all year and everything. Thank you. All right, man. See ya. See ya.